Well, good evening. I'm Pastor Weigel from Ocean County Baptist Church. Uh, we're going to uh, be looking in uh, several passages of Scripture tonight. I want to share a message entitled, Jesus Died and Rose Again. And we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 3 and 4, and then 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 14 and 15, and then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 in verse 14. So we're going to look at a lot of verses tonight. And uh, while you're just getting your Bible set up there and looked at, I'll tell you again what the verses are. And I have a couple announcements for you. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3 and 4 is where we'll start. Then we're going to turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. And then... 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 14. These verses represent the three points of my message. And so they'll build the body of the message tonight as we consider Jesus died and rose again. I want to remind you that uh, we should have finalized this week online giving. Uh, you'll be able to give online by going on our website or there's an app that you can download to your phone and give that way. But we'll have all that information for you before the end of the week. So by Easter Sunday, you'll be able to give online. And also tomorrow, our um, children in our Christian school uh, are going to be getting their video classes. So parents, uh, make sure that they're sitting down and doing their classwork and uh, we don't want them to get any farther behind than where they are right now. And uh, we want to be able to finish the year academically very soundly. And so uh, make sure they're uh, doing their work. If you have any questions or you have any problems of getting things set up, be sure to call over here to the office and Pastor Duana can uh, answer those questions for you or email him and he'll be glad to help you out uh, to keep you moving ahead. I'd like to encourage you to uh, turn on your uh, uh, television. I was thinking about that old quartet song, turn the radio on. I was like, no, it's not radio, it's television. It's a computer or whatever you have, and it's streaming live. But Wednesday night, I'm going to do a message entitled uh, Communion in Suffering. Communion in Suffering. And then Friday night, on Good Friday, I'm going to do at 6 o'clock, I'm going to do a message entitled Christ in Suffering. And so I want to encourage you to be ready to study the Word of God together with us Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, Friday night at 6 o'clock, communion in suffering, then Christ in suffering. Well, let's look in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 3 and 4, Jesus died and rose again. 1 Corinthians 15 in verse 3 says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. And then when we look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, we want to look at verse 14 and also verse 15. It says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead, uh, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 14 tells us, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, 
Even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. And so a wonderful statement in three different places by the Apostle Paul in reference to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Let's ask God's blessing on the preaching of the Word of God. My Father, I come to you. I thank you so much uh, for this time of the year as we uh, celebrate the triumphant entry of Christ in the Jerusalem as we celebrate the resurrection of Christ next Sunday, I pray we might be able to, to glean truths out of the Bible that will help us to understand all that went on and what took place. And uh, Lord, how it impacted the world, not just uh, temporarily during the, the life, uh, the death, the burial, and resurrection of Christ, but throughout all eternity, the world will never be the same because of what took place uh, that Easter Sunday when Jesus arose out of the grave. And so I pray you'd bless us tonight as we study together and may we understand the impact of the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. And may we rejoice in the goodness of our God because of new life that we have and because of the power that we can enjoy to live our life for the glory of God. And so bless us now as we study the word in Jesus' name, amen. Well, these are three great passages of scripture uh, because they are the writings of the Apostle Paul where three times the Apostle Paul mentions inclusively this matter of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And oftentimes people say, well, they believe that Jesus died for us and but I don't believe in the bodily resurrection of Christ. Well, you're not saved because you must believe that he died, was buried, and he rose again. And so a person is saved by trusting in the reality of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Your faith is only as good as the object of your faith. And uh, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So a lot of people put their faith in a lot of different things. A lot of people put their faith in a lot of different individuals. Uh, but listen, your faith is as only good, as solid and secure as that object of your faith is. And I, I appreciate Brother uh, Petrozello's message, uh, the foundation of the Lord standeth true, sure. And so uh, we know this, that we are solid, our faith is solid, because it's founded and grounded on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So first of all, let's think of the death and burial and resurrection of Christ in light of the fact that he shed his blood. That's what 1 Corinthians 15, our first passage in verse 3 and 4 tells us. Paul says, For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. In that death that Jesus experienced uh, was based on the fact that as he hung on the cross that he would shed his blood for you and me. Uh, we know this, that the remissions of sins is based upon the fact that Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary. In Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26 in verse 28, it uh, helps us to understand this shedding of the blood. As soon as I get over that, I'll be able to read it for you. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28 says, For this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remissions of sins. We know that at this point, Jesus is instituting our communion table or our Lord's Supper with his disciples. 
And as he does that, he illustrates uh, his blood that is shed uh, through the juice that would be drank, and they drank together. And uh, the blood that was shed uh, was for the purpose of the remissions of sins. You know, in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22 says, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So when you deal with the death of Christ, you have to deal with it in reference to the fact that he shed his blood on Calvary uh, for the remissions of sin. The word remissions means to send off or to send away. It literally means to pardon someone. And so it's no longer, the individual is no longer under the penalty of God's wrath and God's judgment because of the blood that was shed. You know, Paul, I'm getting all mixed up here. In the Pentateuch, uh, Moses received instruction from God to tell the Israelites that uh, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And he said this, that God had given them the blood as an atonement for their sins. Atonement means a covering. And so this matter of the remissions of sins is based upon when Christ died on the cross that he had to shed his blood. He could not just die without bleeding. He had to shed his blood so that our sins might be removed away from us. And so we celebrate the death and the burial and resurrection of Christ based on the blood that was shed. Not only is the remissions of sins experienced because of the shedding of blood, but in Romans chapter 5, and you could turn over there, Romans 5, and I'll make some comments while you're turning. Romans chapter 5, we see that we're justified before God because of the blood that was shed. Romans chapter 5 and verse 9 says, Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. And so justified is a term that deals with the fact that it's, it's as if we have never sinned at all. You know, man is born in sin. He lives a life of sin. He's controlled by sin. He's dominated by sin. He's in bondage to sin. But when Jesus died on the cross and he shed his blood, when he shed his blood, he had established a means for man to be standing before God just as if he had never sinned. And it's the blood of Jesus Christ that carries away that penalty of sin and pardons us uh, through the shedding of his own blood. And so we must have faith to believe in the death of Christ in reference to the shedding of his blood. Look over at Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 13. Ephesians chapter 2. Well, I told you there'd be a lot of verses tonight, so keep your fingers wet. Be able to keep turning the pages. And uh, Philippians, I mean, Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 13. Uh, we see that it's through the blood that we are able to draw nigh unto God. In Ephesians 2 and 13, uh, tells us that, um, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And uh, so the, the ability for man to draw close to God is based on the fact of the blood of Christ that was shed when he died on Calvary. And so oftentimes, you know, we, we want people say, I, want to, I just don't feel like I'm close to God. Uh, well, if you don't feel like you're close to God, you need to examine your relationship with the Lord. Have you been saved? Because there's no way that you can feel close to God if you not, have not been washed by the blood of Christ. 
There's no way that you can have communion with God if you've never been redeemed through the blood of the Lamb. And uh, maybe, maybe you say, well, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I know I'm going to heaven because uh, I remember when I got saved, but I don't feel close to God. Maybe you need to plead the blood of Christ because it is through the blood of Christ that we're able to be drawn nigh unto our God. You know, James says, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to thee. And the amazing thing is, is the children of Israel would have to uh, take hyssop and uh, dip it in the blood and put the blood on the doorpost uh, so as death to pass over their house. And the reality is that blood enabled them to be drawn closer to God. And uh, if we're feeling we're away from the Lord, then we have faith to believe that Jesus did die on the cross and he did shed his blood. And because he died on the cross and shed his blood, that I can enjoy a closeness and a fellowship with my Savior in heaven. Without that blood, I cannot get close to God. Because if I don't have the blood covering me, if Jesus, I'm sorry, if God is not looking at me through the prism of the blood of Christ, then he sees all of my sins. And uh, so I need to plead the blood to cover me and so that I might be able to be drawn nigh to God. Well, look over, we're just kind of turning to the right in your Bible. Uh, you can turn over to Colossians, Colossians chapter 1 in verse 20. is another great principle on the necessity of Christ's death in reference to shedding his blood. Notice in Colossians 1.20, Oh, I guess I better get over one more page. Well, I'm really messing up here tonight. It says in Colossians 1.20, And having made peace through the blood of the, his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. So the, the shedding of the blood of Christ when he died on Calvary provided remissions of sins, enabled us to be justified before God, opened a way for us to be able to draw nigh to God, and it is provided for us the means by which we can have the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus' death on the cross made it possible for man to be at peace with God. The Bible tells us that we are the enemies of God. Uh, we lived our life against God without Christ. But Christ died on Calvary and shed his blood so that we might be able to be at peace with the Lord. Well, look over in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14. Uh, we see that through his blood, he purged our dead conscience. In Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 14, it says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, Offer himself without spot to God. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Uh, the word purge there literally means to make clean. You know, when the lepers came to Jesus, he asked them, what will you have me to do? And they said, we would be clean. And Jesus healed them and cleansed them of their leprosy. And when Christ died on the cross, he shed his blood that he might purge, that he might cleanse our conscience. I remember before I got saved, I didn't think of things that were pure or things that were holy. I didn't think of things that were righteous. My mind, my conscience was consumed with everything that the world uh, could send my way. 
But when I got saved, God changed my thinking. Let this mind be also in you, which was in Christ Jesus. He purges our thought process, and it's through the purging and cleansing of the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, over in 1 Peter, just keep turning to the right. And now uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18 and 19, we see another principle here about the blood of Christ is his blood redeems us. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 18, for as much as you know you were not redeemed, the word redeemed means to be purchased or bought, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. And so we are able uh, to be redeemed or be purchased because the price that was paid was sufficient to satisfy a holy God. And that's why there can only be one way of redemption, and that's through Christ and Christ alone. Uh, because when Jesus died and he rose again, it was based upon the fact that he would die on the cross, shedding his blood for you and for me. As in the Old Testament, the lamb would be slain and the blood would be shed and it would be oh, the blood would be used as an atonement for the people's sins. Uh, Jesus Christ, when he died, he died paying the price that was required by God. It wasn't a price that was required by the devil. It was not a price that was required by man. It was the price that was required by God. He died and was buried and he rose again because in the process he was able to shed his blood that you and I might be redeemed. And so Paul gives us the gospel in a nutshell in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 and 4. It is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We often, people often say, well, we preach the gospel, but they don't preach Christ. Death, burial, and resurrection. Anything other than that's not the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus Christ came into this world and he died for sinful man. And as he died for sinful man, he died shedding his blood on Calvary. And so as we celebrate Palm Sunday and as this Sunday coming up, we'll rejoice in the resurrection of Christ. It is based upon the fact that the blood has been shed to atone for all of our sins. The second thing I see is in our second verse as our text verses. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 and verse 15 says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So I see another thought here about the Jesus' death and his resurrection. Not only was it he shed his blood in his death, but he sacrificed his life. We often talk about it as the vicarious offering of Christ. He died in our place. The wages of sin is death. And so it was placed upon all men that they would have to die because of the fact uh, that they are lost and without Christ and they are in sin. And the wage or the punishment or the judgment upon sin is death. However, Christ sacrificed his life. He laid his life down in our place. 
And so the glorious thing is that I don't have to die in judgment for my sin because Christ has already died for me and taken my place. And so that means uh, because he died in our place, he brought us back to God. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, First Peter chapter 3 in verse 18. First Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says, For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in his flesh, in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. See, Christ suffered for our sins. He didn't suffer for his own sins, for Jesus was in all points tempted, yet without sin. But when he died on the cross, as we saw back in the first point, that the shedding of blood and provided a way or means for us to draw nigh to God, that being able to draw nigh to God is based on the fact that Christ died in our place and his dying in our place brought us to God. And so it's not man's works or man's abilities to draw nigh to God. It's what Christ has done for us on Calvary. And that's why Peter says it was the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Why? Because he put to death, in the, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And so you and I can enjoy this fellowship with the Lord because Christ died in our place. You know, when we stand before God, all we have to plead is the cross. We don't have to plead our, our works or our justification before God to get into heaven. But the fact that Jesus Christ has already died in our place is sufficient to open the door into heaven. Because through his dying in our place, he provided a way for us to be brought into the presence of God. Not only that, but because he died in our place... There's a reconciliation that takes place. Romans chapter 5. And Romans chapter 5. It's hard for us to, as believers sometimes to understand reconciliation because most of the time people aren't willing to reconcile things with others. And because we're not willing to reconcile things with others, it's hard for us to comprehend that a God who is holy would be oh, willing to be in relationship with those that are sinful. But it's through the death of Christ that we're able to be reconciled unto God. In Romans chapter 5 and verse 10 says, For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And so when we think about Jesus dying on the cross, this is a powerful theological experience. Because of the fact that there is the theology of the atoning power and cleansing power of the blood that was shed. But there is also the theological understanding that the only possible way that an enemy could be drawn back in fellowship with God is through someone else dying in his place. And so Jesus Christ died in our place. Why? Because he humbled himself. He took on the forms of man. He took on fleshly robe of man. In Philippians, it tells us that. So that he might be able to taste death for us. And you think about that. The eternal son of God, throughout all eternity past, has done nothing but sit in heaven with the angels in heaven rejoicing and celebrating and praising and exalting his name. 
This glorious Son of God who is the creator of all things. For the Bible tells us there was nothing created that wasn't created by him. And that he is a sustainer by him all things consist. This one who created all things, this one who created man, uh, this one uh, literally that received all the Lord and all the glory and, and honor in heaven took on the robe of fleshly man for one reason, to die in our place. How in the world can we ever turn our back on a God who loves us so that he would literally die in our place? He humbled himself. He, and how, why is it so hard for us to humble ourselves? When Jesus Christ left and departed out of all the glory of heaven to walk on this earth that he created, to be enrobed with the flesh that symbolizes the man that he created so that he could die for the sinfulness of man that was supposed to love his God and his creator who rebelled and rejected against him. It's an amazing theological thought that Jesus Christ would die in our place. When he died in our place, like over in Hebrews chapter 2, when he died in our place, uh, he literally destroyed him who has the power of death. And Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 says, For as much then as, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. You know, Jesus would confront the Pharisees about the fact of the works and the, and the power of the devil. He said, you're of your father, the devil. He was a liar from the beginning. You know, he lied in heaven when he said, I will be like God. Nobody will be like God. In his pride in heaven, when he said, I'll be like God, and God cast him out uh, and, and destroyed his pride, he came down and enticed Adam and Eve. He approached them in his pride to get them to stumble and fall. And all the power that he had because the pride bringeth destruction. The power that he had to bring man to have to face death because he is an author of death. He is a liar from the beginning. He is the accuser of the brethren. He is the roaring lion that roams about seeking whom he may devour. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross... He destroyed the power of death, and who had the power to work death in man is the devil. The devil is a defeated foe. He is already bound. Uh, he, you say, well, wait a minute. The Bible says he's going about as a roaring lion. I know that, but his fate is already secured. Uh, he is already destroyed. He is already defeated. And I do not have to overcome uh, and have to face the death that he desires for me because of the fact that Jesus Christ died in my place. And so the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is a powerful uh, theological understanding because he shed his blood and his body was slain. That's why when we take communion, what do we take communion? We take communion, we take of the juice to remember the, the blood that was shed. We eat of the bread to remember the body was broken. And it's because of the fact that Christ died in our place. There had to be a body that would be sacrificed 
and he just didn't die by hanging or anything else. He died because he had to shed his blood on Calvary and the communion, the Lord's Supper that we often uh, enjoy celebrating together reminds us of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection. And that's what Easter is all about. And so we see he shed his blood, he sacrificed his life, and then 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, for our last point, we see subdued death by his resurrection. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 14, and this is a great passage. We often read it and quote it and talk about it because of Paul talking about the rapture of the church. But right in the middle of this concept about Christ coming for his people and rapturing his church in 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 14, Paul says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and I believe, that's what we believe tonight, isn't it? We believe that Jesus died and rose again. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. I'm thankful that because of the fact that Jesus died and rose, he shed his blood, he sacrificed his life, and when he did, he subdued death by his resurrection. He raised, we're raised, he was raised for our justification. That's what Romans 4 and 25 and 24 tells us. He was raised for our justification. How can I uh, be uh, uh, delivered? How can I be right with God? Uh, it's a very simple equation it is Christ's resurrection. Because of the fact that he subdued death, and now I can rejoice and have fellowship with a living God. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 24, it says, But for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses, that's why he died on the cross, and was raised again for our justification. That's why he was resurrected out of the grave. When Jesus shed his blood, sacrificed his life, he subdued the power of death over us by his resurrection of coming out of the grave. Look in Romans chapter 6 and verse 9, that death has no hold on him. In Romans chapter 6, in verse 9, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. Listen, Jesus had said this, no man taketh my life from me. I lay it down and I take it up again. Death has no hold on Christ. Uh, Jesus died and was buried three days of his own volition, uh, he, of his own choosing, of his own willingness to fulfill the will of the Father in heaven. He laid down his life on Calvary, was died, and was buried and rose out of the grave. Why? Because death cannot hold him in the grave. And he rose up victorious over death. To be the Lord both of the living and the dead. Romans chapter 14 in verse 9 helps us to see that. Romans 14 verse 9, he is the God or the Lord of the dead and the living, Romans 14 and 9. says, For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. 
I'm thankful that Christ is the Lord of those that have died in Christ. My mom and dad are both in heaven. And the amazing thing is this. They love the Lord. They serve the Lord. Uh, they surrender life to the Lord. And when they died, he did not stop being their Lord. I'm confident, Paul says, I'm confident rather to say to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Oftentimes people say, what about my dead, my dead loved ones, my friends who have died? If they're in Christ, he's still their Lord and they're in his presence. Well, what about those of us that are left here? Well, it tells us very clearly here that, uh, that for this in Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be the Lord of the dead and the living. That same God whom my mother and father loved and served and worshiped is the God who loves me and I serve and worship in my life now as I live. And so whether we live or whether we die, we're the Lord's. And it's because of the fact that he subdued death by his resurrection. I've stood by many a gravesite and uh, did the eulogy uh, for those that have passed into the uh, uh, eternity. And I just want you to know that, that understand this, that as I stood by those gravesides, I gave the assurance that, listen, that body's not going to stay in that grave, but that person's alive in heaven and when the trump of God sounds, that body's coming out of the grave. And it's because Christ had subdued death by his resurrection. If he lives, we shall also live. 1 Corinthians 15 and 17, it says, If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, you're yet in your sins. If we don't have a living God, we don't have a resurrected Savior, we have no salvation that is secured. But hallelujah, he is alive. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, in verse 55, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? There is much being said right now with this coronavirus and about the amount of deaths that we're experiencing in the world, and yea, right here in our country, and it's a horrible thing. But wait a minute, O death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where's that victory? Did those in Christ who died, did they lose? Did death have victory? He says the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my blood, brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, Always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Why? Because he died on Calvary, shedding his blood. He died on Calvary in our place. But when he was buried, he subdued death when he arose out of that grave victorious. And grave has no power over those that are in, have faith in Jesus Christ. Salvation comes from an understanding of acceptance of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. If he shall live, we shall live also. And I listen, I, I older old preacher say years ago, I'm not looking for the undertaker, I'm looking for the upper taker. And I, I said, boy, I can agree with that. Uh, you know, I've stood by the graveside of many a person stood by the graveside of my, my parents. I've stood by the graveside of my mother-in-law. I've stood by the graveside of people that I know and people that I've loved. I've stood beside the graveside of those that have been members of the churches that I've pastored. 
But I'm going to tell you one thing. We don't sorrow as those which have no hope. Because if we really do believe that Jesus died and rose again, we know this, that when he comes, he's bringing those saints with him. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort yourselves with these words. The comfort comes in the hope that there is everlasting life through faith in Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. If you leave one of those elements out, you have no salvation. If you leave one of those principles by the side, you have no hope. I want you to rejoice tonight. I want you to be happy in the Lord tonight that he did shed his blood for you, that he did offer his body as a sacrifice for you, and that when he rose out of that grave, he rose victorious over death, and so I don't have to fear death. I'm looking forward to the rapture of the church. I believe with all my heart the things I'm seeing going on in the world that that's going to happen in my lifetime. And you say, well, how do you know? I don't know if it's going to happen, but I believe it's going to happen. I'm hoping that it happens. I'm not, I'm not looking to go to heaven by way of the grave. But by whatever the will of God is, I know I'm secure in Christ. I believe that Jesus died. I believe that he was buried. I believe that he rose again. And if he died, was buried, and rose again, then hallelujah, he's coming again. And so we rejoice in Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. I want to encourage you to listen on Wednesday night as we share a message on communion and suffering. We're suffering together. And I want you to be tuning in on Friday night to hear the message on Christ in suffering. And I know this, that God wants to comfort us. God wants to challenge us. God wants to grow us. He wants to mature us in our faith. Our faith is not ended because we're scattered. Our faith is growing. Our faith is strong. Our God is alive. And our God is doing something miraculous. He's wanting to teach us something. And I'll tell you how to quickly get through this whole thing with this virus is find out what the spiritual lesson is fast and learn it and seal it in your heart. And then this thing will be over. Because I have found this through every trial and every difficulty in my life. There was a lesson that God wanted me to learn. And I really felt with all my heart that God wanted you to be reminded that Jesus Christ did die. He was buried, and he rose again, and he is coming for you. Saints of God, rejoice in the goodness of our God. What a happy time it is for the Christian to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. My Father, thank you so much for allowing us to be together. Thank you, Lord, for grace that is greater than our sin. I'm thankful, Lord, that we have a living Savior. Jesus came. He shed his blood. And as he shed his blood, he gave up his life. He said, it is finished. And he gave up the spirit and he was buried. Hallelujah, he rose again. And God, we worship and celebrate the life of eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless us. Speak to us in a great way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.